obviously move on to uh, some of the hurling action and run through obviously some uh, results and some talking points definitely from the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship and um, yeah there was a, there was obviously a, a lot of big games a lot of big talking points obviously the Cork Tipperary game I think was the was definitely the game of the week yeah it was the, the only game in Munster this weekend um, it was Cork four nineteen Tipperary two twenty five. I mean, this was just classic hurling from from the first minute to the last. I mean, it could have went either way going down the home stretch. Cork were five points down, ended up pulling it back. I mean, there was goals left, right, and centre. Goals straight from puckouts, um, straight from throw-ins. I mean, this was just classic, classic hurling. And uh, incredibly enough, it it wasn't on TV. It wasn't no, and as I mentioned in my TikTok last night, this was prime Guinness. Prime Guinness game, like the time when Guinness sponsored the hurling championship. This was prime. This was an incredible game, you know, uh, from first minute to last. The first, and the, the funny thing is, actually, Tip seemed dominant, I'd say, in the first 50 minutes. But what I seen from a Cork team and why I was criticizing Cork in the past and stuff like that, and I got criticism from uh, Cork fans saying I'm being too critical of the horrors and all that on your channel or in my social media channels or whatever, it's because. They didn't necessarily have a backbone. In this game, when it was put to the test, Cork provided a backbone in this. What a performance in the last 20 minutes. Like when it all seemed dead, Darf it's given thing it's a goal through Conor Lehan. I think Conor Lehan would be secretly thinking, why did you tap that in? That should have been my goal at the same time. But look, it's a it's a Cork goal, so I don't think they'd be complaining in hindsight. But then again, for Mark Kino to get that goal, you're thinking, oh, here we go again. Cork are not going to do anything here. But then Cork finds something. Shane Kingston finds a bit of space, pops the right pass into Brian Hayes. What a goal. And what a way to finish the game. And it's a credit to both sides, to be honest with Jaron. Because when you look at him, both sides' performances, you look at Alan Tyne in the midfield, who was colossal for Tipperary. You look at the forward line, like Mark Keogh, as I mentioned, scoring that goal. But he came on for, um, for Jason Ford, who's not an easy man to replace. And he still scores one four from play. What an incredible performance. We knew Mark Keogh had potential. It was about producing in the big stage, and he did that last night. What a performance from him. What a performance throughout the field from every player. Like Noel McGrath in his 30s, but still, he can hurl. He can hurl. John McGrath coming on as well. And Liam Cahill seems to got a kick out of these temporary players. And ultimately now, with two matches on the board for every side, both of these sides are in monster final territory right now. So could we see a monster final repeat between the two in the Gaelic rounds? We'll wait and see. Yeah, because like you got the you got the sense obviously coming into the weekend's action, um, that you know obviously when we spoke on your own show, like Cork and Tipperary are, are two sort of up and coming teams, not necessarily in terms of history or anything like that, but they've had a lot of underage success sort of in the last five or ten years, and you're looking at it and thinking, can they now finally make that step up and? In terms of the senior team, can some of these players make the breakthrough? And and I felt like this was the the perfect moment. Like as you said, some of the young, the you know the, the 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 older guard were fantastic, like John McGrath and, and Noel McGrath and everything else. Um, but you know, young players obviously shining the lights out. And and for either side, like even a draw here, I don't think was the worst result. And it was probably the fair result as well because like neither side deserved to, to lose this game. To be honest, they didn't. And as you mentioned before. Excellent performances on either side. When you look at Cork, Patrick Orban contributed his bit, and I was critical of Cork for a number of reasons, but the main reason was we were too reliant on Patrick Orban. But when you look at our scores last night, 
Declan Dalton had won two, including a brilliant goal in the first for a few minutes. And then the point equalised in his own half. What guts to take that free at the end as well. Brilliant, brilliant score. Darth, it's given brilliant from centre-forward. Seamus Hardley got 100% scoring accuracy last night. Robbie O'Flynn was brilliant. It's a bit worrying, actually. Robbie O'Flynn actually went off injured after that goal, after the injury troubles he had. And we obviously wish Robbie the best. Like Hopefully he'll be back in the field soon after this. Shane Kingston come on and he got um, three points as well. Brian Hayes getting a goal. But when you look at Tipperary, Gar O'Connor took up the mantle for Jason Ford for the free-taking duties and he did excellent, in fairness. And we were critical, critical about Tipperary last season because they didn't have the youth to replace the older guards. They showed that they did last night. You look at Mark Keogh, you look at Alan Tynan, you look at Gerald O'Connor, and while we're on Tynan, that's his second Munster Championship game. I was actually surprised to hear that because it seemed like he was used to this level of hurling. You know, mm. and that was an incredible performance from him as well. James Morris, brilliant as well. Seamus Kennedy, even Seamus Condon, we talked about the older guard there. Seamus Condon comes on and instantly has a goal chance in the game. And he, and he pops it over if he doesn't get that. And it was a brilliant save by Patrick Collins, to be fair. But excellent performances all over the field. Brilliant game of hurling. And I wouldn't be surprised if either side make it out. And it is kind of frustrating, honestly, Aaron. I know we'll get out to Dublin Wexford in a bit. But it is kind of frustrating to see either Dublin or Wexford will be in the All-Ireland series. And potentially one of these sides could drop. Because you look at Clare's performance last week. You look at Limerick. The, you know, the excellence they've provided over the last few years. One of these sides could drop out of the All-Ireland, whereas Dublin or Wexford will be in the All-Ireland. And I kind of feel a bit of injustice uh, with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, is there is there a solution there maybe to, to change it up? Or, like, I think the, I think the round robin is brilliant because of how competitive it is, because it goes down to the war. And, like, I think, I think there's a lot of great things about the round robin. But as you said before, like, it probably is a bit harsh that, as you said, like one of Cork, Tipperary, Limerick, or Clare, like one of them. I think I think we'll, we'll all admit that it's going to be very tough for Waterford to, to get out, and and they'll probably finish bottom. But for the other four counties, like one of them is going to miss out on getting to the All Ireland series, and like like these four sides, like they could be. I don't know if I'd put Cork in the same bracket, but right now, but maybe on the performance you could. But you're talking about some top top teams, like teams that have got to All Ireland finals, semi finals, and Limerick are obviously the reigning All Ireland champions, and. One of them is going to miss out, which seems very harsh. But at the same time, I'm not entirely sure what the what the solution is. Yeah, it is a very very tough one. Like when you look at it, I think the round robin's been excellent since it's been introduced in 2018. Like we've had some outstanding games, especially Monster. But I think honestly, Aaron, and I know you posed this question, and um, well, well, well pose it a bit. But when you look at the Leinster Championship overall. Like in the last few seasons, the wrong Robin's only been entertaining in one season, I think. And that was 2019 when Galway went out and Dublin and Wexford were actually good back then. But I just think Dublin and Wexford are not on the level of uh, Cork and Tipperary last night or Clare and Limerick for that matter either. So it's a difficult one because they're obviously in different provinces. And the wrong Robin's work so well. And it, w- it would be harsh, no doubt about it. I know Munster is more quality than Leinster and all that. But it would be harsh to have four Munster teams for race and two Leinster teams. So maybe there could be a situation like, could you do a playoff? Could you do a playoff maybe? Four place in Munster place, third place in Leinster, and third place in Munster place, fourth place in Leinster? That could work. You know, something like that. Because I just honestly think it's a shame 
that the likes of um, the teams we've seen last night could be going out of the championship early. I don't know what you think about that yourself, Aaron, but it might be a suggestion to uh, uh, our future problems. Yeah, like one one good solution I did here, and it was from Shane Stapleton of OurGame.ie. I think he mentioned this about a year ago, and he was saying that we should first of all just scrap the league because let's be honest, the league in Hurland means absolutely nothing. I don't think anyone really cares about it. Go straight into the championship, and basically all the all the Leinster and and Munster sides basically go 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 off in one big league, um, like one big league, ten sides. They all compete against each other. The best place side in in you know the best two sides that uh, the two sides that finish the highest from Munster, let's say, compete off in the Munster final. Two best sides that uh, finish the highest, you know, two best uh, placed Leinster sides play each other in, a, in the Leinster final, and then you do something like the top six, top seven, obviously go on and progress. I know it's a it's, it's a straight league. Maybe there mightn't be as much jeopardy, much you know, as much knockout, but. Maybe that's something that they could possibly look at, like something of something of that nature. Maybe, but at the same time, that's going to increase the amount of games. And we've mm. said this in football and hurling, that's going to be bad for player welfare as well. If you're going to have, like, let's face it, that'll be just in, um, if you're going to have a 10-team league, that's going to be unfair, the likes of Westmead, um, Offaly or whoever comes up for the drum at Dunham next season as well. So we're going to say a 12-team league. That'll be 11 games per uh, county before we get into the knockouts. Do you see the the, the problem with that arm? You know, that's that's a, a bit of a problem there. But I honestly think, I, I just thought about this on the point, uh, just um, at the spot of the point now. But have third against fourth in Munster and Leinster and have a bit of a playoff. That might solve a few issues, in my opinion. I don't know what you think about that yourself, but... Just a solution. I think it's. A, I think Shane Stapleton actually means well with that um, um, format, and I think it could be way, uh, good for Munster sides especially. But yeah. I think the amount of games—that's the problem we have. So there's going to be pros and cons with every um, solution, but that's my opinion on it anyway. Yeah, and to be fair, like he he probably explained it better to me. Like I, I think it was about a year ago I heard I heard that um, sort of solution put forward. So. Um, don't know the exact ins and outs. Obviously, it was it was his sort of take on it, and obviously not mine. But um, but yeah, like it it is an interesting point, obviously, because I suppose you could argue like the six teams in the Leinster Championship, there's five in Munster, so maybe you know the fourth place team in Munster could could you know you could do a scenario then where they play the, the third place team from from Leinster, but then then the case could be then like there's maybe not as much jeopardy then in Munster. And teams are almost then almost guaranteed to get out of Munster in some ways, um, and, and and there's only one team actually not getting through. So then it creates a scenario where a team nearly has to lose every game just not to not to qualify. Um, but yeah, it it is an interesting take, um, and, and maybe a backdoor system again could be introduced or or something of that nature. Um, that would be a, an interesting interesting point of view. But we'll just have a look at the league table, obviously in the Munster Championship for now. So Cork are sitting on top. On the basis of score difference, there with three points, Tipperary are there with three points clear, are in third with uh, with two points. Um, looking at it there, would you be confident enough that Cork can uh, get out of Munster with Limerick and Waterford or Limerick and um, Clare in your final two games? Like the thing is, it's it's not like a situation with the footballers where I'm just not confident in the team at all of beating big teams. Uh, confident in the performances, I should say. Like the performance has been dreadful for the footballers now, but the hurlers, I think the performance last night was very, very good. 
and some very good signs about it. But the fixtures, that's the problem. Two away games to Clare and to Limerick. Clare, Ennis is going to be a fortress. If Carr managed to get a point out of that, even a point, there's a slight hope. I think there might be a slight hope. I think, honestly, Limerick, there's going to be fire in the belly. I don't think we're getting anything out of the Limerick game. I think Limerick too good to drop out of Munster. So I think it all lies in that game in Ennis. Do I think we'll get anything out of it? I think I'm confident that the players will put up a performance. And I'm confident that the players will provide a bit of a backbone and they'll give everything out in the field. But do I think we'll win the game? Right now, probably not because of the way Clare are performing right now. That's that might be mean to you know any car fan, but I just think Clare are performing so well at the moment, and Cork would have to go at a hundred percent to go on and win this game. Do I think and obviously Clare to make a few errors? Do I think that will all correlate? No, I honestly don't think so. But look, there's a chance because of the way we performed last night. There's always a chance, but right now, two away games, two daunting away to get uh, toys. I don't see a skinny all the monster. Unfortunately, are. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it, like it, it just yeah. And again, it probably boils down to how difficult those games are. Like coming up against oh, Limerick and Clare. In fairness, um, looking at the Leinster Championship, then we have a uh, Dublin, obviously, who got the a big win uh, versus Wexford, one goal and, and twenty two points. Wexford twenty three twenty three points. Um, I was watching this game, and um, yeah, it was a big result, big big win for for Dublin. As we were saying off air, like I think the wides was was massively what cost Wexford. Like I think the game was more than there for them. Um, obviously you know twenty wides in total, which was you know quite incredible really from from a Wexford point of view. They nearly missed half their half their scoring chances. Um, but for Dublin, a huge win gives us a huge chance now at getting out of the the Leinster Championship. And um, from a Wexford point of view, it's not gone, but it's it's going to be tough from here to to get out of it. If you were to explain uh, something from uh, some, to somebody from outer space that uh, one team would have 48 shots, the other would have 29, who would you say would win that game? The 48 shots. Loaded out. And that just shows you, like, I think it was in nearly 20, it was about 19 or 20 ways in the end. And some of we were mentioning off air as well, like, there were easy enough shots for Wexford as well, and oh my God, like you'd be absolutely screaming at the TV, thinking, "How on earth do you miss these chances?" You know what? Funny enough, Dublin had 29 shots; they converted 23. That was the difference. That was the difference. 79 shot conversion rate. Like Dublin did their best; they performed well. The forwards and Donald Burke hit outrageous score towards the end as well. Their forwards were on form. Wexford was not and that was the difference in the game. And Wexford will be absolutely tearing their hair out. And this has been a problem, not just in this game for Wexford, but it's been a problem in year for years and years and years. Even in the game against Galway in the league, I know we say the league doesn't, doesn't mean anything, but even in the league against Galway, I'm pretty sure they had more than 10 wides in the first half alone. This has been a constant problem for Wexford for years. You know, they, they have the forwards, they have the talent, they have the, you know, they never say do I attitude for the jersey. But it's just the execution at times is very, very poor. And I don't know what it is about Wakeford. I think the lads from the Wakeford Hurley podcast, Ben and Gary, or my podcast recently, would probably know more than me about this. But what on earth is going on with the shooting of Wakeford? But as for Dublin, I think he'd be a happy man, Aaron. 
Like your shooting was absolutely brilliant last night. You joined out the field. Chris O'Leary was brilliant in midfield. Like um, Mark Rogan was brilliant in one of his first championship appearances as well. Donald Burke, outstanding performance from him. Fergal Whiteley coming on. Like you know, because Alex Constantine, he may not have scored, but he was contributing a small bit as well. So like Dublin performed absolutely brilliant last night. They deserved a victory. They just wanted them more. But Wets first. The main question and the bear, the you know, the elephant in the room. The amount of whites, and you cannot get away with 19 whites in a game hurling. You simply can't. 48 shots, and you lose the game. That's incredible. And Wexford will be absolutely kicking themselves tonight. Yeah, like, is there is there an argument even that, like, when you look at Wexford, and obviously when you look at sort of the the pre days of of Davy Fitz and um, before he came in, like Wexford were probably. You know they weren't they weren't producing. They're they're probably nearly dropped to you know more so like Offaly's level or or even around you know um, like Dublin sort of in the mid two thousands and some range as well. Like and obviously Davy came in and it wasn't all him. Like did a couple of good underage teams and you know they built off that hugely and then Davy came in and sort of that was the final jigsaw to the puzzle that went and saw them go on and win a Leinster title. But could there be an argument that that era is is kind of just slowly now coming to an end? Like I know they still have. The likes of Kevin Foley, Lee Chin still in the team, but and, and Connor McDonald as well. But obviously, as you get older, you know, the engine slows down. And you would look at it from a Wexford point of view and you would think, like, is the, is this the sign that maybe, you know, that sort of era is coming down to an end, come, coming to an end? And, and maybe Wexford might possibly start dropping and, and possibly, you know, could, could end up a Joe McDonough team in the next three, four years. That's that's a very very uh, big rocket to be honest with you because when you look at when you look at Westmead at the moment I don't think Wexford are as bad as them personally I know Westmead have made good strides fair play to them but Wexford aren't on that level yet but could they in the next few years possibly when you look at the young players coming through Wexford like they won a minor I think they were they won a Leinster minor uh, title I think it was what it was two three years ago. So there's still talent coming through in Wexford. There's still the likes of Ross Banville, who's a very good young player. He's still a VJ Redmond. I don't know what's what's happened to him over the last few years, but I've heard good things about him. So Wexford's still have good hurlers, you know. And like even um, even a uh, Dun- Carl Dunbar still think is a pretty young enough player. You look at Ocean Foley. You look at Ocean Pepper. Like Ocean Pepper, actually, he performed well enough last season, and suddenly he's out of the squad. Is he injured? I don't know what's what's up there, but Wexford, I still think after players to at least stay open to Liam McCarthy, and and I think they're better than Westmead. Do I think they're better than Antrim? I think Antrim are closing the gap now. That's the worry, because you look at Antrim at the moment. You look at them, um, their players. Like you have the likes of Liam McManus, they aren't as, as reliant on him as they were in years gone by. And Antrim are improving year on year on year. So I expect Antrim, you look at Offaly, the success they had in underage. So I'm just saying, if Westmead drop, Wexford are in trouble. They could be in trouble, I'll tell you, in the Leinster Championship. They won't be this season, but possibly next season. And if Offaly, you know, produce a shock or two, one little thing, if the game is on Tullamore between the two sides, Offaly could win that game on current form at the moment. So I think it's going to be worrying times to be a Wexford fan in the next few years and who would have thought Leinster champions in 2019? Then in 2024, you're thinking about relegation? It's a big drop, Aaron. Huge drop. 
Yeah, like, and and I think they're more they, they've more than enough talent, like not like for that not to happen. Um, and he just said the couple of underage teams, obviously cooking at the moment as well. So like they they should be they like realistically, I think that's the the worst case scenario. But I think when you look at counties like Offaly, you have a huge tradition and history in hurling. Like it, it can happen, you know. And, and Offaly dropped down to Christy Ring not too long ago. Um, so like it, it you know it can happen, and 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 you just never know. To be fair, but um. Just looking at some of the, the the other two games, obviously in the in the Leinster Championship. So it was Antrim three twenty, Kilkenny five thirty one, and it was Westmead seventeen points, Galway six goals and thirty three points. Um, so yeah, two very very comfortable results in the end. Like Antrim probably put more of a fight uh, against Kilkenny. I think it's fair to say. Um, whereas Galway just absolutely you know blew Westmead apart and. Yeah, like it's it's kind of you know I, f- I feel like in the Leinster Championship, like e- each weekend you've one game that's competitive, because obviously you know you have Wexford against Dublin or you have Dublin against Kilkenny, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then you have two very one-sided, generally one-sided games. I know it hasn't always been the case with Antrim so far this year, but that kind of just how it is in in Leinster, unfortunately. Like, and you have to feel sorry for Westmead to be honest with you. I know they've made great progress in fairness. And I mean, Conor McKenna, the GA fanatic, by the way, has mentioned this in your podcast numerous times. Westmead have made unbelievable progress, fair play to them. But they were never going to be involved with the level, let's be honest. And that game was over before the ball was even thrown in. So the less said about that game, the better. As for the Antrim and Kilkenny game, look, um, Kilkenny did the job. And when you look at Kilkenny and Antrim in the last um, few years or even this year, Kilkenny struggled in Cargan Park in the league. So to go up and win there quite comprehensively, that's fair play to Derek King and his uh, team and his charges there to go up and get a win like that. But to be honest with you, Aaron, we knew this from the outset. It's a Kilkenny Galway Leinster final. Before a ball was even thrown in, we knew this was going to happen because Dublin and Wexford are kind of not at that level quite yet. And you look at Antrim kind of making progress, but they're not going to get to a Leinster final. And then you have Westmeath who are in dire relegation troubles so um, yeah that's all I have to say so um, Kilkenny and Galway um, hopefully the game is in the Leinster final in Crow Park because it's good to one in Nolan Park um, a week ago absolutely absolutely and I suppose we'll look at the, the league table then um, before we finish up so we've Galway uh, on top of five points Kilkenny and Dublin sitting there with uh, with five points as well Wexford in fourth with two points and Antrim with one point Westmead obviously sitting bottom with zero and, and looking at the last two games, Dublin will be playing uh, both Kilkenny and Galway, whereas Wexford will be playing Westmead and Kilkenny. So looking at it there, like like it'd be tough for Dublin to get anything out of Kilkenny and Galway. Like I know we've a good habit of beating Galway every now and again, um, but I think you know we never really beat Kilkenny, so I don't think we'll take that from that game. And looking at it, like Wexford, you'd imagine would beat Westmead, so it could go down to them playing Kilkenny on the final game. Kilkenny. You could imagine we'll probably have a Leinster final, possibly wrapped up by then. Let's not forget Wexford beat Kilkenny in Wexford Park last year. So, like, you get the feeling it could go down to that game. It could, yeah. And um, the thing is, the game is on Wexford Park this year rather than Nola Park. Mm. So, I'll give Wexford every chance. I know they're just struggling this season. They aren't hitting the lights out. They conceded six goals against Clare, but I give uh, Wexford every chance of, a, of a doing well in that game but let's not forget Dublin are playing Galway in Crow Park I think as it stands if they get a draw in that game against a Galway team that could already be in the Leinster final by the way like that would be enough for Dublin no yeah. matter what way yeah. so 
you know, one draw for Dublin, and I think it's safe. I think it's safe. I think it's mathematically safe, as a matter of fact, as well. So, I think if Dublin just defend for their lives in the two games, I think you should be fine to get out of um, Nets around. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it definitely should be should be more than enough, and I think we should be trying to trying to beat Galway or Kilkenny. I think it gives us a, a chance, possibly, at you know getting to a, a Leinster final, which would definitely be a, an incredible story for for Dublin, most certainly. Um, I suppose before we finish up, then your hurler of the week and moment of the week from the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. Hurler of the week, I'd probably go for Alan Tynan. Brilliant, actually, Mark Keogh. Mark one four for play off the bench, incredible performance for him. But Alan Tynan, close seconds. You look at Dickie Dalton as well, is up there. But in the end of the day, I'll go for Mark And moment of the week, probably don't work the point towards the end against Wexford to see the victory. So I'm going to go for them moments and the players. <laughs> 